You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. You may be seated. Oh, wow. Wow. It's good to see everybody. Hey, in, in, in the same attitude of, of prayer, thank you, band, by the way. Thank you for leading us. Thank you, Sean. Um, yeah. I just want to continue to pray. Uh, I know that in light of COVID, in light of jobs, in light of other sicknesses and complications and loss of loved ones, there's just a, a lot of heaviness. Let's just, be, let's just be aware of it. If you're not dealing with it, if you're not experiencing it, probably someone behind you or in front of you or beside you is. And, uh, you know, we're starting to hear more and more cases in our area that we didn't uh, back when everything started happening. And so I want to pray, especially for those who are joining us live stream. Um, can you just let them hear you in the congregation and tell them we love them. So can we just applaud them? We love you guys. And we really want to extend a, a time of prayer for you. I know many of you, many of you are not feeling well. Some of you have tested positive and you're struggling through this. We're fighting with you and we're fighting with you in prayer. Some of you are just uh, high at risk um, and uh, we just want to let you know, uh, thank you for turning us on into your homes. And uh, I just, uh, let's just pray together, shall we? Father, uh, it's only by, it's only because you loved us so much that you gave us hope of your son, Jesus. And Jesus, it's only because of your obedience to your father that you took the cross for us. It's not that we first loved you, God. It's that you loved us first by sending Jesus before the foundations of the world. You knew your plan and you knew our hearts that needed a savior. And so right now we just seek you today. So right where you're at, in your home, in this sanctuary, just thank God for being the great I am, being the father who never leaves you or forsakes you. When you are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He holds us together. Thank him for the power of the cross. Thank him for the body that was broken and crushed for your healing, your wholeness, your strength, your youth, and your health, and everything that you need for the abundant life that Christ paid for us is in the body broken. And the blood that poured out on the cross was for our forgiveness that we don't earn, that we don't deserve. It was freely given. Thank you for the power of the blood to cleanse us from all sins. Make us holy, spotless, and righteous before your throne. Thank you, God. We don't take that lightly. It's the only way we can enter your presence. It's the only way we can have relationship with you through the cross, relationship with Jesus. And so we just start there. And we thank you. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. 
show us what we need to be doing in this season as a church, as individual members of a church, of the church of Christ, God. We pray that you would bless those who are sick. Please bless those who are hurting. We pray for our local congregations who's experiencing some COVID cases, uh, the Blanchester Nazarene and the Fellowship Tabernacle, God. We pray for those pastors and their wives who are going through a difficult time right now. Lift them up. Give them life and hope. Please, Father, be with our our, uh, extended body in this community. Be with those in their homes right now that are dealing with pain. They're alone. They're struggling with depression and discouragement. God, just speak to them right now. Be with them tangibly. Wrap your arms around them. May they welcome your presence in their home. Thank you for all the children represented in this sanctuary, this community, and this church. Lord, we ask that you'd be over all the schools. God, would you just keep them in your protection? Keep them in your mercies. Bring health to the teachers. Bring reinforcement to the schools and the surrounding areas, God. We just look to you. Continue to have your way in all the election results. And as we move that disconnect, may we not tune out. May we fully engage and say, yes, Lord, may it be done in my life to the honor and the glory and the praise of Christ Jesus through the church to the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for praying with me. We are in the third week of Everyday Disciple. I have said this uh, every week so far, and I still believe this, that this is one of the most important, if not the the most important uh, message that any believer can listen to, especially us as a church. We're seeing decline in the American church like crazy. We probably have been seeing it for the last 50 years or so. And we have all different solutions and different answers and not even saying that uh, some are right and some are wrong. How do we do church? How do we make disciples? Well, I'm not here to teach on that today. I'm here to teach on our role as disciples of Jesus that are called to make other disciples. This call was not to just the pastors and the leaders of the church. It's every single person who bears the name of Jesus is called to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them the ways of Christ. It's for every single person who says, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm unashamed to mention the name of Jesus. Before Jesus started any other ministry from being baptized to going to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted, to leave the wilderness in the power of the Spirit and start a ministry of miracles and teaching and and his followers increasing and multiplying, before any of that, he started with 12. And he went to where they were grounded. He went to where they were living their life. He went to where they were focused. And he said this, follow me. Notice he didn't say, get right. Notice he didn't say, 
repent. He said, follow me. Meaning drop everything to follow me. You can't follow me and follow your family. You can't follow me and follow your career. You can't follow me and follow social media. Follow is not just like follow the leader and you're just walking in their steps. Following is laying down your life to follow one. He said, follow me. How do we do that? There's no way we can follow Jesus. He said, I will make you. It's his job to make you and form you as we saw last week. Form us and and fill us and spill us out. It's his job to make you into what he has designed you to be. It's his job to make you into a disciple that makes other disciples of Jesus. It's your job to follow. It's his job to make you. It's your job to obey. It's his job to make you. It's your job to worship him. And then he says, I will make you fishers of men. After he's formed us and filled us and spilled us, and even during that process, he's calling us to gather people who are in darkness and who are lost in their sin, bound for hell, and to gather them together and share your testimony and the goodness of God and to allow them the opportunity to receive Jesus just as you received Jesus. The Verge Network gives a great definition of discipleship. He says this, to be a true disciple. You guys were so great in worship. Can you just read the yellow for me, nice and loud? To be a true disciple. I say true because we're talking about a genuine, sincere disciple, not just someone who's good with the mouth game, not someone that's just good with words and looks the part, but someone who is genuine. Their heart has been changed. To be a true disciple, you have to know what a disciple of... Man, you guys are on it today. And to become a better disciple maker, you have to know, know the... Sorry. Live out the... And understand what the fruit of... Looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to start off by talking about being locked in. Being locked in. I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about once Jesus saves you, you believe in him, you call out to him, you receive him. His presence fills you through his Holy Spirit. You are saved, you are justified, you're going to be sanctified, meaning looking more and more like him and one day be glorified with him. But this is a process while we're here on earth that really tells other people who we're following. And I'd like to give the illustration to you in in the terms of a canopy tent. How many have a canopy tent? Any kind of 10 by 10 tent? Um, You know, those that offer shelter at parades and booths and different things like that, right? Let's show a picture here. How many have seen people who have no clue how to put up a canopy tent try to put this together? Have you done that? I tell you what, it was funny watching the worship team and our staff try to put these tents together for the first time when we were doing the summer outdoor or under the tent services. They had no clue. And so we tried to put the tent up, but it kept sliding down and it just wouldn't stay in place. 
Well, there's a reason there's this little aluminum button <laughs> hidden inside each pulse that you can't see until they pop out and lock the pole into place. Let me just give you an illustration. I did not preset this from first service, but this is a pipe and drape pole that we used to use. How do you like these nice permanent walls now? We used to use pipe and drape to make those walls. And while we were a church plant uh, in Mainville, some of you out here were here or in Mainville when we had a church plant before we came to Blanchester. We put up pipe and, where's Bob Nicely and Phil Singhold? They put up every single Sunday this horrible, stupid pipe and drape, right? And they understood that when there's new volunteers coming in, they have to tell them, make sure that the sliding pole is the length you need it, and then make sure it's locked in place. Because if not, and you put the curtain on it, and you put a bunch of different pipe, and pipe structures up, and it's sliding, you're going to have a stability problem. You're going to have a liability because if one kid or person runs through and holds on to the curtain, this thing's coming down. But what you have to do is listen for the lock. Hear that? Now it's locked in place. It ain't going anywhere until you manually push that button and extend it or bring it back down. And I'd like to talk to you and, and to dissect this just a little bit when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. That little metal button on a canopy tent or a pole like that is so much like obedience is to a follower of Jesus. We can say we're a Christian and we can do what Christians do and we can wear what Christians are supposed to wear, and we can make social media posts like Christians are supposed to post. But if you are not locked in by living a life of obedience to God, there is a big question out there of what are you? If you're not looking different than the world, are you following the world? Because as Christians, we're called to follow Jesus and look like Jesus. We're not to look like this world. Paul says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Jesus is in the business of transforming our lives. And when he transforms our lives, an act of obedience just comes through it. How many of you with uh, who are parents know that your kid can say they love you, mom, they love you, Dad, so much. They do anything, but they're disobedient. They don't obey you at all. What's that say about their love? <laughs> Not a lot, <laughs> right? If I tell my wife I love her and I'll lay my, down, my life down for her, and yet I don't even do what she requests or maybe what she needs in the moment or she asks for, What's that say to her? And vice versa. If I'm asking my wife to do something that is going to be something that brings us together as a family, I'm not talking about demanding anything. I'm talking about as we're in a relationship and a partnership and she doesn't do anything and she doesn't respect me or my needs or my wants. There's really 
a question there of where our hearts are. And so today I want to look at that locking in. And again, I'm not talking about salvation necessarily. I'm talking about being devoted to Christ by the way you live your life of obedience to what Christ says us to do. So obviously, you can hear us get really quiet. First service, you could hear a pin drop. And I understand that this is a really difficult message. And sometimes it can come across as if I'm taking a bat and just pounding people down. Just so you know, I'm actually holding out a mirror and I'm reflecting myself and I'm looking at the mirror and I am trying to get this deep inside of me as well. But this truly, I believe, is where the tires hit the road for the Christian and for the church. So many people, and you know them, some of them are family members, they say they will never walk into a church again. My brother, my brother, he's older than me, by the way. I just like to point that out. But my brother spent 20 years of his life spitting in God's face and not wanting anything to do with Christianity because what he saw in the church. 20 years. And now he's all in, starting a motorcycle ministry for the kingdom of God. I mean, it's incredible to see him, a full, true disciple of Jesus. But so often we see what's in the church and we want nothing to do with it because it sure doesn't look any different than what we're seeing out in the world. That is not what Jesus came to bring to the kingdom of God on the kingdom of earth through his church. And so we're going to look at where obedience locks us in and what that looks like. And so I'm asking you to engage with me. I'm asking you to either take pictures of some slides, to, to take ownership of this. Because the big problem that I'm going to talk about in the conclusion of the message, and I'm just going to give it to you, early on, is so often we are challenged as Christians with hearing a good message, the worship moving us, someone gives us a word of encouragement, we feel the presence of God, and then we leave the doors like it never happened. Good message, pastor, you hit it out of the park, man, that really convicted me. And then you live out the rest of the week like you never heard the message. Nothing locked in. You're just sliding all over the place. You're unstable. You're not walking in the full potential of what God has for you. This is not a condemnation message. This is an encouraging message because once you lock in to obedience, your life is blessed. It's blessed. The enemy, the enemy works day and night to get you to see that obedience is all about avoiding punishment of God. The enemy wants to tell you that you don't have to obey this stuff. Everything that God wants to obey is really extreme. Come on. Who would ask you to do this and give your life up for them? Come on. That's what the enemy wants. What Jesus tells us, and we're going to read a scripture in a moment, is to come to him who are burdened and heavy laden. He says, take my yoke, meaning take his law upon us. He says, it is burdens, it's not burdensome and it's light. 
The word of God is not burdensome. The word of God brings freedom into your life. So to obey the word of God is to bring freedom, just like a kid to obey mom and dad. Happy mom, happy child. Happy daddy, happy child. Sort of. <laughs> but you get, you, you get where I'm going. And so in order for us to launch off this intro <laughs> into the main point of the message, I wanna, it's going to be on the slide. I want to give you kind of the anchored point of today. It's this. Being a true disciple of Jesus is all about following and obeying. You can't truly follow if you're not obeying. Following and obeying the way of God, obeying the truth of God, and becoming obedient to the life of Christ in you. This is where I'm getting this. Do you remember when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? I am the way, say it with me, the truth and the life. Let's all say it together, ready? I am the way, the truth, the life. So in order to be in Christ, get this, and be a disciple follower of Christ, you must surrender to become obedient to his ways, not yours. To become obedient to his truth, no other truth. And to become obedient to living a life that's not your own but is hidden in Christ Jesus. That's a true disciple of Jesus. So let's look at Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. We're gonna be kind of all over the place, uh, scriptures, so most of them are gonna be on the screen. Let's look at that. Jesus came to them and said, all authority, this is one of his last messages. This is where he's gathering his committed followers now. Now, mind you, if you feel a little condemned and guilty for maybe not being where you should, just think about all the disciples that were surrounding them, most of them scattered when he was arrested. One of them, who was one of the closest to Jesus, denied him. Denied him. Here's all of them broken, messed up, screwed up. And they're the ones, they're the audience that Jesus is saying, go change the world. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Because of that, go. As you are going, He's not talking to people who are just going to be missionaries and give up everything, take their family, and go to another country. He's talking about anyone who bears the name of Jesus, who calls himself a Christian. You are to, as you're going, you are called to do something. And that something is not necessarily attend a church, not necessarily just uh, uh, serve in a church. It is to go and make Disciples, as Jesus has made you, 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know what? We as Americans need to thank God for people who heeded the call to go to America and share the gospel and teach or else we'd be in darkness. We're not the chosen nation that had this in the first place. It's because people were obedient to the call of Christ. And that is why we are walking in that freedom today or should be walking in that freedom. Baptizing them in the name of the, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. Next week, we're going to look at what does it look like to actually make a disciple. What is that process? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you. Now, I want to make a note before we go to our three points of obedience. I want to make a note. Jesus is not talking to the people who are just giving lip service, who are just sitting on the sidelines and sitting on the fence, have their Jesus card, get, get out of hell card free kind of thing, and just saying, yeah, I'll, I want to be saved, but I don't want Jesus to be Lord. He's not, he's not talking to them. He's talking to true disciples who have done four things. Not on the screen. I'm going to go fast. Number one, they are plugged into following Jesus because they have a personal relationship with Jesus. And because they have a relationship with Jesus, they are filled with the Spirit of God. Whether or not they give attention to the Spirit of God, whether or not they put it on a shelf or not let it burn brightly, it's still there if they have received the salvation of the Lord through Jesus Christ. Number two, they are willing to lay down their lives. All of those men, those disciples, people around Jesus, all of them that heard this message before he ascended into the heavens, laid down their life permanently, their physical life for the cost of Christ. Jesus knew what was coming. So they followed by plugging in to a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They were willing to lay down their lives for the sake of the cross. They were learning and growing in the knowledge of God. They didn't have the Bible back then. They had the Torah. All they had was eyewitness accounts and stories and teachings of Jesus. But they knew what Jesus commanded. They knew it because they reflected and meditated on it all night and day. They met with other believers in their homes. They ate together. They took communion. They understood the knowledge and the word of God in their lives. And then fourthly, they submit to his lordship by obeying what God says. It's not based on whether they agree with it or they would prefer another way. It's God's word, and they will follow through in obedience. So it's through obedience to God and his commandments that locks the disciple into place and allow them to live out the freedom and the joy of the Christian life. And the Christian life, or shall I say the joy of abundant Christian living, is not for yourself. lest we become 
obese on the Christian buffet lifestyle of programs and coming to church and being seat warmers. <laughs> yeah, the pastor's doing a good job. I don't need to shake. <laughs> I don't need to shake the place. Yeah, you do. You're a disciple. You're supposed to go there for and make disciples. Me too. I have a job to do. It's the same job you have. Let's make disciples. Make disciples. How do we make disciples? Well, first we got to be one. And we got to know the one who makes them. And we got to learn and we got to obey. So point number one. An everyday disciple, a true everyday disciple follows and obeys God's ways. Being a true disciple of Jesus is all about following and obeying the ways of God, obeying the truth of God, and obeying the life of Christ in you. You can know all there is to know, and so many of you know way more than me about the Bible. There's people sitting next to you that have seminary degrees, biblical scholars, and I believe they're genuine because I know them and I see their walk. But you can know all there is to know about what the Bible says. You can talk the Christian talk. You know people who are really good at Christianese. You know it. Man, when the worship music starts and people are watching, woo, you're up, you're ready to go, right? You can quote scripture after scripture. You can remember and you take notes of everything that the pastor teaches. You can even post nothing but Christian posts on social media, but that doesn't necessarily indicate that the Christ that brought Christianity has captured your heart. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, I think if we stopped right there and we took a poll, we're not going to, and said, how many of you love Jesus? Man, churches all over the place would raise their hand. Right? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Then we need to read the second part of what Jesus says. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Hands going down all over the place. And there lies the problem of being locked in, of really operating and functioning as the body of Christ was designed. It starts with me. It starts with you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if every single person sitting in this place took heed to this call and shared Jesus and prayed with every single person that they came in contact with and shared their testimony about what God has done, not being perfect, being broken, but being filled with the life of God, we wouldn't be able to contain the people in even three services. And that's a good thing because then people, guess what? They're meeting in their homes. What? They're meeting in business places. Some of you right now, business leaders, I know of a few who are seeing church happen in your workplace, in your businesses, 
in your neighborhoods. That's what disciples look like. If you love me, you will obey God. My pastor from college, I still connect with him. I love him dearly. His name is Pastor David Holt. He's a pastor in uh, Athens, Georgia. And uh, pray for Georgia, by the way. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Athens, Georgia. And uh, he said this all the time. And it's so true. And it just, I, I, I love it. He says this, the, the largest or the longest distance in the entire world is the 14 to 17 inches from the head to the heart. When it comes to salvation, friends, it's not about what you know. It's not about what you do. It's about, has Christ captured your heart? Has he made you new? Then to be a disciple, it's not about knowing the commandments. It's about putting it to action. I tell you, friends, if you're experiencing trouble and you're not necessarily sensing the Lord's blessing in your life, I would really challenge you to ask the Lord to search your heart. There may be an area where God has been asking you to obey what he has set out for you to bring blessing and freedom and your disobedience is leading you to being locked in a cell. There's freedom and joy in obedience. So when you're forever sold out to the one who gave everything to rescue you from sin, you will obey that which you owe your life to. What are you obeying most in your life? Is it your fleshly desires? Is it the ways of this culture and this world? Or is it the words and, and, and the word of God and the words of Jesus? You see, what he calls us to obey is not burdensome. It actually brings abundant life and it blesses others. When we're disobedient, it hurts others. What did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We are to walk in love and therefore be obedient. Let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. And by this, we know that we have come to know him, not just a knowledge, this is a heart captured knowing him personally through an intimate relationship with God the Father through Jesus. Whoever says, I know him, let me back up. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. How many of you have through your life said, I don't know if I'm a Christian. Man, I, I really hope I am, but man, I'm not doing what I should be doing. You can know if you are a follower of Jesus not, or not by how you 
live your life in obedience to what he commands. This is not legalistic. This is a relationship out of love. Just like any parent would expect their children who they love and love them back to obey. Because the obedience is what keeps them safe, healthy, and happy, even though they don't see it in the moment. Being a Christian, therefore, is not about joining a church organization. Here we go. <laughs> it's not about checking your Christian do's and don'ts off the list. It's about the love of Christ transforming your life to the point that your earthly life in of itself does not matter in comparison to the life of Christ in you. Being a Christian has nothing to do with a spectator sport. Sitting on the sidelines in the fence was never the design of a disciple. It's everything to do with being in the game, being on the field, and advancing the kingdom of God down the field, getting touchdown after touchdown, meaning making more and more disciples of Jesus. It's an active lifestyle of being on mission for God. Number two, an everyday disciples, an everyday disciple makes obedience an act of sacrifice. Yes, it costs you something. Salvation is free, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. It's free. He gave it as a free gift. By grace, you have been saved. It's not something you deserve, not something you can earn. It's grace. Grace. For by grace, you've been saved. However, to follow him costs you. It costs you to lay down your life to follow him. Because if you don't lay down your life, guess who you're following? Yourself. How's that working for you? Right? 1 Samuel 15 says it best. He says, listen, he's talking to King Saul, by the way, who messed it up again and again and again because he's not obeying God. He's just doing what he thinks is best and he doesn't adhere to the word of God. And finally, the Lord had enough. And Samuel, who's representing the Lord, says, listen, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't want your sacrifice. I want your heart. I want you to obey what I have called you to do. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. You see, we want Jesus to be our savior, but when it comes to Lord, gotta think on that one. We want Jesus to save us from our sins, but we don't want him to define sin. We cry out, Jesus, rescue me from hell. But don't tell me what I can do sexually. Please save me, Lord Jesus, but don't tell me how to manage my finances. 
Please save me, Jesus, but don't tell me how to love my wife. Don't tell me how to love my husband. Don't tell me how to do this parenting thing. I got it. Don't tell me who to vote for. And by God, don't tell me how to prioritize my life. To be a true disciple of Jesus is to lay down your life for the cause of Christ. Because he's given everything, the keys of the kingdom, to those who follow him. Point number three. Let me review real quick. Number one is to be a follower, everyday follower, disciple of Jesus, is to obey God's ways, to obey his truth, and to obey the life of Christ within you. Number two is making obedience a life of sacrifice, living sacrifice, as Romans 12, 2 says. And the third point is an everyday disciple both hears and does the word of God. James 1, verse 22, I'm almost done. But don't just listen to God's word. Some of us are really good at reading it and listening and, and quoting it and memorizing it. it. says, don't just do that. That's good. That is good. But you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Friends, we have the challenge in today's society, and I would say ever since the fall, we need to own the fall. We need to own it. We need to know that we are constantly drawn to following the ways of the flesh. But ever since the fall, we are always challenged to obey. We are challenged to receive the word of God, to experience God in a real way, and then live our lives as if it never even happened. We're really good churchgoers, but as far as application goes, well, it stops here, right? The, the saddest thing for leaders of the church is to see people excited about coming to church and faithful, but never growing and applying the word of God in their lives. There's a website that I really encourage you to go to if you're wrestling with questions. There are evangelical-based um, uh, resource center online, and it's called Got Questions. And I'd like to read this quote to you. It says, faith is necessary to please God. Faith. Hebrews 11. And if your faith is genuine and true, we will live a lifestyle characterized by righteousness, modeling the example set for us by Jesus Christ. We obey his commands, not because we have to, but because we want to. Because we love him, we are enabled to obey. Because once we believe in Christ and are saved, we are remade by the power of the Spirit of God. We are, the, we are not the same people we once were. Those who call themselves Christians who do not obey the word of God are going through the motions, 
not experiencing his blessings and his favor and giving a very, very warped message to outsiders of what a Christian is to look like. They're fooling themselves. And so, friends, we need to take heed to this message. We need to know that it's not enough to just proclaim and declare that we love Jesus, but it's got to be put to action by how we live. And if you don't know what the Word of God says, get in it. Go to YouTube. There is a buffet of incredible messages, biblical grounded messages, podcasts, We have no excuse not to know the word of God. Matthew 22, I'm going to close with this scripture here. Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your hearts, all your souls, all your minds. I said this earlier. This is the first and greatest commandment, but the second is like it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. So to love God means to obey him. So when we close and the worship team comes up in just a moment, I really want you to reflect on that. Do I say I love Jesus and yet not follow his ways? Where do I need God's forgiveness? Where do I need his mercy? Where do I need to align with what he's saying? There's an artist that I respect very uh, deeply, greatly. His name's Keith Green. He died, oh gosh, 20, 30 years ago. And there's very few artists who can bring the message of Christ so, in such a potent way that reaches your heart. that like Keith Green can do. This is called obedience. Listen to these lyrics. And just take them in. Don't, don't disengage. To obey is better than sacrifice. I don't need your money. I want your life. And I hear you say that I'm coming back again, but you act like I'll never return. Well, you speak of grace and my love so sweet, but how you thrive on spiritual milk and reject the spiritual meat of the word. And I can't help weeping of how it will be if you keep ignoring my words. You pray to prosper and succeed, but your flesh is something I just can't feed. To obey is better than sacrifice. I want more than Sundays and Wednesday nights. Because if you can't come to me every day, then don't bother coming at all. To obey is better than sacrifice. I want hearts of fire, not prayers of ice. And I come quickly, I'm coming quickly to give back to you according to what you have done. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one, are you willing right where you're at? Are you willing to take a step forward coming back under the lordship of Jesus? 
to love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength by obeying what he says. There is beautiful freedom and liberty when we say, your will be done. God, your kingdom come. Are you willing to step out, put your love to action for God, and obey? Second question. Are you willing, as you walk out these doors, to give it your very best, to obey God's ways, to seek out to obey his truth, and to be obedient to the life of Christ in you. If you do, it says in 1 Peter that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Receive his divine power. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his love and his strength and his word and his wisdom and his peace. And become that disciple that you know he's calling you to be. And now Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.